Corey. Liam. Mitch. I have kept you apart for this month. It had to be so. Do not look into this further. It is time for you to come together again. It is time to talk about a new movie. You will do this now. Everything is fine. Um. Hello? Corey? Liam? Is that you? Yeah. It, yeah. Hi. What? You're here. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's up? Um. You're here. What happened? I'm just surprised as you are. I mean, I'm just sitting here at my laptop. I was, I was, well, I, I had a feeling I should be here at this specific time, and, uh, and now you're here. Okay. Did anything happen to you? Well, I don't know if I should talk about it. Mm. But you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been all right. It's been a weird month, that's for sure. But yeah, what about yeah. you? How have you been this month? Where have you um, been? It's been a while now. Yeah, no, I'm okay. Um, I also, I was kind of. I don't want to make this. End- I was kind of warned about getting getting into it. Did you hear at the a, a minute ago? Did you hear I that? Th- yeah, I, this this voice is kind of. I feel like I've been hearing that like all month. Yeah. See, okay. I was gone because I was told to stop Ugh. doing the show. That's a relief. I was told the same thing. Uh. <laughs> but they told me not to tell any of you. And so I missed I don't, after I think the Candyman episode was when it happened. It was that same voice that showed up in the Candyman episode. That yeah. voice came to me. I was I was getting ready to uh to watch a movie probably for the podcast. I don't even remember anymore. I kind of went into a fugue state and right. and all I can recall is this voice repeating, "Don't go on the podcast next week." And uh I w- I, w- I wouldn't have listened to it. I mean, I'm a punk rocker. I do what I want, but the the voice <laughs> kind of it knew some information about me and it it said that if I didn't knew what it said bad things would happen it it would get out there yeah 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 i mean i was essentially told like you know don't go on they don't want you on like just stay away from it so oh it was that's why i went away yeah it was like a devil on your shoulder thing like it pitted you against us yeah so i was just like okay fuck fuck it then i guess i won't do this one i just uh, well me and I Mitch, we, we, for a while. we did the VHS 2, VHS 94 episode, actually, yeah. the 94th installment, and we were wondering, <laughs> we're, holy shit! Oh. <laughs> what? Oh. Hey guys, I was, just Are you at, okay? I was just at this garage sale, and they had this great, like, sort of crochet uh, coasters that I got. The, Mitch, the, the, the knitting job was what? incredible Nobody cares with the about the fucking crochet. Oh, right. Yeah, Are yeah. you Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was fine. Like the the voice told me to go to the garage sale, so I, I went to to get crocheted. What did you say? Coasters? No, that, what? Yeah, that was my choice. But yeah, anyway, yeah, this voice has just been giving us a hard time. You know, I think us. Maybe, okay, so you too. Maybe you're saying us. Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I. I so it happened to you. Yeah, yeah, it happened to me too. Yeah, but I think it's maybe we end the voice tonight. What do you think? We're gonna pull the fucking plug on the voice. Yeah, I, I can't say I'm a fan of this voice. I mean, it's... It, it's... But wait, wait. So yeah. we, we heard the voice at the beginning. 
and we're all here this time. Do we know why? Or is it just, we're just going to... I have a feeling all ambiguities will be answered at the end of the episode. Right. Payment in full. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, I've already kind of broken the seal. I know, I don't know, for me anyway, the voice did not want me to say what was happening. I I already kind of have. So I think this is probably our window while we've got this this time to talk seemingly privately. The voice apparently is no longer here. There is um, no privacy with the voice. The uh, personal yeah. life is dead. I think... Yeah. I think evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Fuck this voice, dude. Fuck this voice. It's kept us apart for too long. Though it, it, it ke- did tell me to be here tonight. So it keeps it yeah. keeps coming back so many times you almost think think it's Michael Myers coming back to his familial home. You know? Yeah, I do. It but it is weird that it's said for all of us to be here now. Um and you know not to put too fine a point on it. This is a movie discussion podcast. Do you guys all see Halloween kills? I, I was told to see that. Yeah, yeah, I saw it, yeah. Okay. Um weird. But convenient. Oh wait, it's the Start the discussion now. You guys hear that? Okay, I'm just I'm just gonna start like we normally do, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. then we'll just yeah. we'll see where that takes us. We might as well. Who knows how long we got? I mean, it's been a while since we've done this, right? All three of us. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. You said it best, brothers. Hello. And welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise or a new one and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. In the words of everyone in Haddonfield, evil dies tonight. And Mitch. Evil dies tonight. The boys are back in fucking town and we're in Haddonfield and we're here to talk about Michael Myers and... You know, we have had two previous Halloween episodes on this show. Mitch was not on either of those. So, first things first, Mitch, talk to me about the Halloween franchise. What do you got? You a fan? You not a fan? You seen him? You not seen him? Where you at? Um, I was a fan. Uh, like I, I really loved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Before yeah. two hours ago, big yeah, fan. <laughs> I don't want to show my hand too much, but I was a, I was a big fan. Now um now I think they might have killed the trajectory of the franchise. If you'll forgive the pun, but um <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love the original John Carpenter. It's a real lean thriller that's made on a tight budget. That's an effective movie that you know worked as a template for the, so many slashers to come, and I I really admire that movie and John Carpenter's direction. Um, I've seen some of the others like on late night TV <laughs> on Halloween's. I have not seen the one that came before this in 2018. So that is kind of a, a gaping hole. And I imagine it probably affected my experience watching this current. They are very closely related. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of like missing in on the joke. Um, but yeah, I'd say I, I really love the original, but I can kind of take or leave every, anything else, everything else that I've seen. Okay, that's. I think that's fair. I think that is a common take on the franchise. I think in a lot to a lot of people, 
if you're talking about like big mainstay horror franchises, Halloween is like widely considered the lamest in yeah. terms of like where it went. Well, I think that's it's totally fair. Yeah, totally fair. I think instead of Michael Myers at this point, they should start calling him Michael Myered because he's stuck in the fucking mud. Wow, you know that's a, what we've been missing. He's a character that has been so overwritten, and uh, you know, is like as a he's kind of they've built this mythology around him and it's just gotten too big and then and, thrown it out and then yeah. built the mythology and then thrown it out yeah and, he, and he's just stagnant and i'm so tired of his stiff walk like he just take a shit like he's running up the street like <laughs> yeah you what's know, the I'm celtic runes from the sixth movie it. liam thorn yes the cult of thorn god oh, god, god. So, yeah it's dumb as shit just, overwritten and, and just it doesn't do anything for me but yeah that's 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 me that's like my issue and that's the problem that so many slasher movies face i mean you kind of see that with lots of different slasher characters and how they kind of try and keep franchises going but yeah i wish michael myers would, wouldn't come back but i have a feeling he will unless evil did die tonight which it didn't <laughs> spoilers spoilers yeah. for halloween kills there's a <laughs> sequel already being made yes. um liam yeah. real quick just to reacquaint anybody who's listening quick um with your experience with halloween as a whole franchise what do you got going on i love them i i have seen them all many of them multiple times um i actually just started re-listening to our first ever halloween uh installment episode we did in our first year of the podcast Corey and i covered halloween resurrection um and so that's when we first give our thoughts about halloween um at that time i guess that would have been what Corey 2019 that episode would have came out yeah yeah, yeah. um and so so at that time i i talked about how um I had seen them all over the last few years and, and really loved them i even said that it was my favorite slasher franchise of the big three uh nightmare on elm street friday the 13th and halloween and now two years removed from that i don't know if that's true anymore because i've really fallen it has nothing to do with me falling out of love with halloween in fact every time i watch these movies i love them more um but that has also been happening with installments and other franchises so like over the last year i've gone through all the nightmares again and all the friday the 13th and friday the 13th has really caught a hold of me i've been re-watching those and reading about them over and over so i think friday takes it for me but um in leading up to halloween kills i i I started. That's not the voice. That's just a bird, right? <laughs> I hope it's yeah. not the voice. I was hoping it would pass, but it sounds like it might be. It sounds like they've gotten to a conversation. They're ranking the Halloween franchise right now. Um, leading up to Halloween Kills, I was rewatching all of them with uh, my partner Brianna, and we didn't make it through all of them yet. We're gonna keep going, but we didn't. We didn't catch up in time but i have um seen the first five again very recently um i rewatched halloween 2018 which i had also rewatched um a couple years ago so most of them i've seen a bunch and they're just really cozy films for me and um uh i even like the a bad slasher movie is really like to me just like one of my favorite movies it's kind of just how my sensibilities have shaped over the last few years like i watched halloween 5 about a week ago which has um has been my least favorite in the franchise uh 
even even less than Halloween Resurrection, which you can hear all about on our on our episode. But that's most commonly people's least favorite. And for me, it was Halloween Five, and I really liked uh, the second half of Halloween Five in particular. So these are the sorts of movies where just like the more I watch them, the more I tend to appreciate them. Um, and so I was very, very excited for Halloween Kills, especially because I am a big fan of the 2018 one. I saw it opening night in theaters, and I've seen it two or three times since. And uh, it's gone a bit up in my estimation, but it's mostly stayed in the same place. It's about an 8 out of 10 hmm. horror movie to me. And um, I was really attached to the new characters that were, were created, the trajectory it was going. And so... I was super excited, super, super excited to see Halloween Kills. I think the only thing that I'm more excited for that I can think of is Scream 5, uh, which now that I'm thinking about it, how did I miss that when I was talking about my favorite slasher franchises? I mean, To be fair, that's, Scream that's is not widely considered big three for whatever reason. Sure, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, air sure. pass. But yeah, Halloween Kills was just right below Scream 5 as in terms of anticipation. So I'm very excited to talk about it and... I do love me some Mikey Myers. Mikey, Mikey My. Um Myered. Yeah, thank you, Mitch. Um, <laughs> um I uh I watched the first Halloween uh for this podcast, actually. Um I was a big John Carpenter fan as I saw more of his work, but I just hadn't gotten to Halloween yet, so I saw it for this. Love that movie. You you watched it for that little recap episode, yeah. you did, right? Yeah, I watched it. I watched a Nightmare on Elm Street one. I watched The Exorcist. I watched the first Hellraiser. Um, oh man, that's I, a heater of an episode. There too. I watched a lot of good shit for that. Yeah, people got to go back and look at that. I think we call it retrospective episode. Yeah, retrospective um, extravaganza. Awesome. Uh, because when we when we did Halloween Resurrection, you had said that you you had only seen the original Halloween in like bits and pieces and hadn't sat down. So um, yeah, it's cool that you've remember, done that now. Yeah, I don't remember everything that we got to that day, but it was a lot of good stuff. Um, and yeah, so then I've seen the Halloween movies that I've seen for the podcast, uh, which is six and uh, seven, I think six and eight, six and eight. Um, and, uh, I watched the Halloween 2018 the other day in preparation for this. Um, and I thought it was pretty good. I did like it. Uh, and I was curious to see where it would go. Um, I liked that. It felt like it was at least trying something that felt like it had like an actual thought out plan and trajectory. I will say though, that the podcast, the true crime podcasters are terrible at their jobs. We don't need to litigate that here, but oh, no external mics for your recorder. <laughs> and they're wearing headphones as well, if the audio that they're hearing isn't going to sound like shit. And it's got shit. Two, two mics. Like it's one for each channel if you don't plug a mic in. So it's like you're just going to be here like you're on a rooftop. So you're getting like a right channel of wind and then like a left channel of somebody talking from 20 feet away. <laughs> it's bullshit. Anyway, um. I was excited to see where this would go, um, and I'm excited to get into more Halloween stuff in the future, but for now, we can get into Halloween Kills, which picks up right where uh, Halloween 2018, I really wish we had a better naming convention for that than what we currently have, because right now we have a series of films that goes Halloween, Halloween, Halloween Kills, which is just not, we gotta figure it out, 
there needs to be a better naming convention. That's no. not our fault. That's uh, that's I know, but like else. we as a society need to figure that out. Um, we let this happen. We're the monsters that made it okay for reboots <laughs> yeah. to just evil dies tonight. <laughs> evil dies tonight. Uh, they could have called the movie Halloween. Evil dies tonight. That um, would be a good title. And so uh, they're burning down Laurie Strode's house because Michael Myers is trapped in there. Spoilers for Mitch. Sorry. It's all um, right. I, I mean, that happened in the movie, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, surprise, uh, he's not dead. And first responders show up to put the fire out. And uh, they all get horribly murdered. And the police get horribly murdered. And a bunch of former survivors of Michael's gets horribly murdered. Random people get horribly murdered. Um, all by Michael Myers. And while that's happening, uh, the Strode family is arguing about who gets to have a messiah complex about michael myers in a hospital and the b plot surrounds uh former victims of michael myers include all from the first movie so um tommy who was the kid that was getting babysat if i remember correctly that's right Um, and then marion who was the nurse in the car (laughs) in the first movie (laughs) and she survived his attack apparently and there was one other person um my Lindsay. Lindsay, who she was she was getting babysat as well right yeah and also mike holmes um <laughs> and so and people oh, are gonna and be greatly confused if you guys don't mike holmes is means. anthony michael hall he looks like mike holmes holmes on holmes <laughs> and um also lonnie is lonnie even a character in the first movie <laughs> Like, there's a young Lonnie in this movie in the flashback stuff, but is he in? Does that happen in the? I don't remember. It this is matter. what I mean about this whole franchise. Yeah. It's, it's, it's become so like bloated, and, and it's... he is in the original, but they okay. they recast him for these little yeah. flashback sequences. Right. Yeah, this movie is very concerned with the original night as much as what's happening on this 40th anniversary of that. It's concerned uh, with it, but it can't make me care about it. No, well, we'll get there. Hang on. Okay. And um, yeah, I gotta finish. You know, describing the casting crew and the plot still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mitch. This isn't gonna go the way it went for our VHS episode. We're on a stricter schedule here. <laughs> I'm seething here. Spoilers. And uh, so we get a lot of flashbacks surrounding Officer Hawkins who was one of the cops responding to Michael Myers and accidentally killed his partner trying to shoot Michael Myers. And then when the police were trying to kill Michael Myers, doesn't let them do that. So he, he wants it to be his fault. Lori wants it to be her fault. Karen doesn't want it to be anybody's fault. Uh, Tommy thinks it's everybody's responsibility. And then um, a roving mob forms at the hospital and through town trying to find and kill Michael Myers. Um, and the first person who says that this movie uh, is so poignant because of mob mentality and the pandemic should be put on a boat and sent to sea and never seen again. <laughs> I was going to say that, so it's, uh, it's a good thing I got my steamer trunk packed. <laughs> <laughs> Easy there, Carter. You got to get through the cast and crew first. Uh, Let's do that now. Well, so what, we what the got... most arrogant part is that they thought they could kill Michael Myers. Anyway, keep going. 
what the townspeople the, the, well you the have to think that also like the, the police called. the policeman at the start of the movie like we're gonna shoot him well because that's worked every other time like to be fair at the beginning well, whatever um so we got directed by david gordon green who directed halloween 2018 um a movie called george washington uh pineapple express and i've just discovered is working on an exorcist reboot for 2023 yeah he's he's apparently doing an entire trilogy i gotta say um i don't know about that <laughs> I, I wish you wouldn't i wish you wouldn't yeah written yeah. by uh we got three writers they all did it together uh scott teams who was also working on that exorcist trilogy and a remake of Firestarter. <laughs> uh and those are most of his writing credits uh he does he has some other short films and that's basically it uh danny mcbride uh of comedy fame <laughs> Uh, wrote I for writing credits for him. We've got Your Highness episodes of Eastbound and Down, the first Halloween 2018, uh, The Righteous Gemstones, and something called Mr. Machine. And then David Gordon Green also wrote it, and he's also working on whatever Mr. Machine is. Um, it's obviously based on characters created by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Um, I feel like Deborah Hill never gets her due with these fucking movies. Is that just me? No, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Like she wrote, she helped write the first one and produced all of them. <laughs> like fuck um or at least the first like three or four <laughs> like um cinematography is by michael simmons who also worked on some of those danny mcbride projects like the righteous gemstones and vice principles the first halloween by which i mean 2018 and also paranormal activity 2 um the editor was tim alverson who uh actually uh we've heard of before because of insidious chapter 3 um, which I believe we did on the show, right? <laughs> I think yeah. we did. We did, uh, yeah. yeah. Directed yeah. by Lee Wanell. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And he also edited Halloween 2018 and a few other movies. And then the music is by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, which is his son, and uh, Daniel Davies. The cast, I'm, I normally write fun notes for this. I didn't because the cast is really long. Uh, so we've got... Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously, as Laurie. We've got James Jude Courtney and Nick Castle, both playing Michael Myers. Nick Castle is flashback Michael Myers. And then James Jude Courtney is contemporary Michael Myers. Yeah, is that what it says? I don't know if that's true. Because they, that's what it says, I Because they shot new scenes for the flashbacks, and I say there's no way they had Nick Castle, who's now much older, do those older segments. I've seen a name and some pictures of, of the dude that actually redid michael in the 70s and he did a great job let me double check yeah you'll, you should find someone's name there that uh well they have him listed oh they also have uh aaron armstrong yeah list that yeah that's they're the guy. all listed as playing him yeah i, I think I, I, uh aaron armstrong is the flashback one and then nick castle and james jude courtney are both just listed as the shape yeah, I think I heard that Nick Castle, um, any scenes that he did for Michael in this movie were cut out. Um, and even in Halloween 2018, he's also listed as the shape and he only plays Michael in one shot where you see Michael's reflection. Uh, so it, it's more of just like a just like a name thing to say that they got him, I think. Right. And maybe he's in like some of the shots where you can sort of see a face. Maybe they did it that way. Um, we've got Judy Greer, uh, Andy Matichak, uh, Will Patton, and Thomas Mann, uh, both play Hawkins. That's old version, young version. <laughs> Thomas um, Mann. <laughs> uh, Anthony. Thing. Forget it. Keep going. No, keep going. What is it? What's your joke? I was thinking of like the author. Anyway. <laughs> There's an author named Thomas Mann. Yes. 
Well, there you go. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall is playing Tommy, who notably was once played by Paul Rudd. Um, Robert Longstreet is Lonnie, and Tristan Eggerling is young Lonnie. Uh, Dylan Arnold uh, is Cameron, and then we've got uh, Charles Cyphers. Kyle Richards plays Lindsay, who also played that kid in the original movie. Nancy Steffens plays Marion, who also played Marion in the original movie. And then we've got Omar Dorsey, Jim Cummings, Scott MacArthur, Michael McDonald, Carmela McNeil, Michael Smallwood, and uh, Tom Jones Jr. is playing the body of Dr. Loomis because he looks like Donald Pleasance. And then the voice is Colin Mahan, who did the voice for 2018. So that is not a CG Donald Pleasance. It is Tom Jones Jr., the art director, and they put some prosthetics on him to make him look a little bit more like Donald Pleasance. But it is a real guy. Interesting. I thought that uh, Crispin Glover looks like CG, which is weird. <laughs> like, he, yeah, I thought does, he did yeah. too. And also, I thought that Crispin Glover suing the Back to the Future filmmakers for using prosthetics to look like him in the second movie meant that people couldn't do that anymore. But I, I'm sure Donald, Donald Pleasance, Pleasance is dead, his so camp like, just didn't give a shit. Yeah, and maybe Studios like his camp signed off really on it. Really fast and loose with like dead actors likenesses in a way that i feel is kind of weird and kind of gross i agree i'm totally sign off i don't support it like also why the fuck did we did we even need to physically see dr loomis in the movie (laughs) like anyway whatever um let's just rip this fucking band-aid off guys mitch you seem uh, like you're yeah. chomping at the bit. I think the Band-Aid has pretty much been ripped. It might be Mitch, hanging on by just a little sticky. Mitch, you uh, finished this movie most recently. Yeah. That, what like, did you think? Moments ago. Uh, honestly, do, like I, a, do a quick what did you think, and then we'll get Liam's in mind, and then we'll go into it. I think I'd rather watch anything else. Um, when I was watching this movie particularly with the flashback sequences and its sort of allusions to the earlier film... I just made me think about how much more I would rather be watching that than this and how much better and leaner and more concise and focused and effective the original was. And I I think it really works to its detriment how it sort of tries to play to that nostalgia because it's also just a much better movie. Um, there's also like, you know, there's a scene where Minnie and Moskowitz is on the TV too. And then like that took me out completely because I was like, ah, I'd rather be watching John Cassavetes right now. Um, yeah, but that's a constant thought in your brain at all times. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, this <laughs> this movie was just like complete ass. Um, I have nothing constructive to say, really. Uh, okay, fair enough. We can keep going, and like, I'm think I'm just gonna snipe from the balcony. Um, <laughs> but- <laughs> I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna do it like the Peter Bogdanovich movie targets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> Although he doesn't do it from the balcony, he does it. No, from he does like it from a, like a water tower, like a big gas thing. Yeah, and also a movie theater drive-in yeah, and like a drive-in scaffolding as well. Yeah, it's a great so movie. Good. That movie yeah. rules. <laughs> that's like one of Boris Karloff's best. So Liam, what did you think about Halloween Kills? I think it would be much better as a silent film. Um, I think what? that the I think the setting is fun. That's a fascinating thing for you to just, just roll into this podcast. I'm I am just aghast. What? Listen, listen to me. Listen. I like the setting. You know, like I like dark small town Haddonfield, jumping from 
you know, a park to a hospital to a bar. You know, I like I like that small town vibe. I like watching Michael kill people in various ways. Um, I think some of the kills are very creative and uh, gory and fun. I think past maybe the half hour mark or so, basically every other line and like plotting device in this movie is terrible. So cheesy, <laughs> corny. I don't think any any actor in this movie could save it. And I like some of the actors in this movie, but they end up just like, I can't really end up complimenting any of them because the writing is just so bad and, and self-serious too, because Corey and I went on record as liking Halloween Resurrection. That's true. Very and I'm gonna, corny I'll movie. I'll defend that statement. And I think Halloween Resurrection is fun, and I think that it is it is meant to be fun. And I think this is so self serious, and um, it it is definitely trying to make like certain political messages, and um, and is quite it's heavy in its material, and it's heavy handed in its approach, and it just and I just end up like rolling my eyes basically the entire time um and so uh the reason i say that it would be better as a silent film is the biggest uh thing bringing this movie down is basically every line of dialogue if i was just watching it on mute or you know with john carpenter's score john and cody and the other dude's score um, daniel davies there you go i i think that I could trick myself into into saying, oh, like maybe they're actually saying some poignant stuff. I wonder what these conversations are. I wonder how these people are being riled up into a mob. But it turns out that the way that it's all happening is just so ham-fisted and uh, really just really embarrassing. Um, and so I come out of this movie Wanting to watch it again, absolutely. I wanted to go see it again before we got to recording, and I just didn't get there. And so I'm not totally down on it, but um, I am mostly disappointed. I'm pretty baffled as to how almost all the writing in this movie got through because I like I I think the writing in 2018 it definitely does have those corny parts, and I also think that um some of the stuff in 2018 is like way less tactful and subtle than uh it is it is yeah way less tactful and and not subtle um and and if it had been it would have helped it out but here it just like turns it all the way up to 12 and i wasn't expecting to feel this way because i had heard beforehand um just from you know horror groups i'm in stuff pops up and i can't help but read a sentence or two i had heard a lot of people say this movie is so brutal it's kills galore and so if that's what you're after you're gonna really like this movie and then i had also seen some people say they think it's actually a really bad movie um and these are people that like all the other movies, including Resurrection. I've seen people who like Resurrection say this is really bad. And so I was thinking, how could that be possible? Especially because I'm someone who likes the 2018 one and it's all the people involved. And so I wasn't sure where I was going to come down, um, but I wanted to be more on the side of loving it. And I also expected I would be because I, I really tend to love movies, especially these kinds of movies. I mean, especially dumb slashers, you know, Texas Chainsaw, Next Generation, 
Slumber Party Massacre, uh, Halloween Resurrection, Halloween 6. I, I like all those movies. Um, I love some of them. And so I really thought that even this dumb stuff, I would be able to get over it. And maybe I will at some point. But right now, as a big spectacle movie that it tried to be, I could not ignore all the ridiculous things in that movie that want you to feel it's not ridiculous because this does feel like a very serious like blockbuster movie um mm-hmm. that wants you to think about what it's saying and so i am does it? i think i think okay you you go like, like a cursory Sorry. a cursory well, thought maybe but. i I, th- well, I think the bigger problem is that this movie's a fucking tonal disaster so like i don't think it's constantly as self-serious as that and that's a problem uh, because if it was at least consistently self-serious, you could try to meet it there. Uh, to be clear, I think this movie fucking sucks. Look at these um, people invading a hospital. It's so like, I, prescient. I, I I think this movie sucks a lot. Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons you guys have already said, uh, I think the flashback stuff is awful. I'm sick of seeing reboots do that. And in this movie, especially, especially in contrast to the movie that came before it, um, that it's directly tied to, which was sort of framing that one bad night of Laurie Strode's life as this generational trauma that's impacted her entire life and her family's entire life has now been spiraled into, oh, now the whole town's been turned into monsters. So you've lost, in trying to have a connection yeah. to the original movie even more, you've lost the entire point of the previous film and it does nothing to elevate the ideas that you're trying to get across now because then when you get to things like the inmate jumping out the window of the hospital it feels needless because it's not building into anything no yeah, and they right. don't they trivialize each other <laughs> instead yeah. of having a cohesive theme yeah. and I, my other big complaint i want to get out of the way now <laughs> is that this movie has no fucking idea what it wants to do with michael myers and it's infuriating mm-hmm. um so it's like there's the incarnation of evil idea and as a viewer you can try to be like okay yeah i get it but i feel like you don't have an understanding of what michael myers is supposed to be because you get on the one hand it's like oh um he's like an animal like he's not thinking he doesn't have motive but then like if that were true um he wouldn't a actively go out of his way to do the most viscerally painful thing to somebody and then arrange it in an ironic pose he's got a sense of humor just but why he does not always have a sense of humor though (laughs) sometimes he doesn't sometimes he doesn't have a sense of humor at all and if he does then he can't be that other thing yeah um why and if it's raw evil unfiltered then how is this how it works like i'm not trying to like cinema sins logic michael myers but it's like none of it you don't know what michael myers is supposed to be He's supposed and, to be evil, whatever that means. Like, what it's, is it? But what so does obtuse. it mean? The movie doesn't know. No, the um, movie. Well, all it, all it drives towards is uh, maybe we're the monsters, which is such a fucking unsatisfying conclusion. You know, the the ending um is atrocious. <laughs> oh God, yeah, like just the way that it. Oh, it's just such a like a, a bouncing pad. Leading it doesn't make the any next sense. Thing. It doesn't yeah. make sense. We're we're gonna spoil this movie, right? In oh, this oh yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, yeah. Um. God, this movie, like, I saw this movie alone in a theater, which I, I'm grateful to have had that experience on its own, but, like, this movie made me fucking, like, angry. This movie's really stupid. Uh, and, you know, 
it, it sidelines Laurie Strode for like the whole movie. Um, this feels doesn't very sideline much a like, paycheck though. I bet this feels like two movies stretched into three, which it is to be clear. Uh, they wrote Halloween and Halloween ends. That was the original pitch. Uh, really, I did not know that. Those there was going to be two movies, and they were going to shoot them back to back, and then. I don't know if it was because of the popularity or what, because they didn't end up shooting them back to back because they wanted to see the response to Halloween 2018. Um, and I don't know what came of that, but it wasn't originally a trilogy. Uh, this is clearly the part that was meant to be sat out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, man. Okay. I don't know what the most like constructive order to tackle this is. Um, and it's certainly not chronological. So how about we talk about the flashback stuff first? Yeah. Yeah. It, That'd be chronological. Like, in terms of, like, cosmically, yeah. Um, that shit, I can't handle it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the main thing is, I don't like this tendency of when you're making, like, a franchise film, especially now, where the tendency is, we have to mine that original movie for every wink, nod, character, name, place and make it important it's make exhausting. it have mattered make it be foreshadowing because through that entire flashback with hawkins and fucking other cop does anybody care about those people no the, the, no you don't care about like anybody in this movie right like Fuck. The, i mean and that's that's fine because like because in a lot of ways because slashers do that because you just interview introduce stock characters and then kill them but they they assign too much importance to these people um considering they're just going to be gone in like a couple of seconds right yeah but like even like hawkins so sure yeah young cop new on the job finds michael myers doesn't get him they go into the myers house uh encounter with michael and he accidentally shoots his like superior um and we know now that like he's also he's been like hurt by michael again like this is horrified him for 40 years and it's like i feel like seeing it makes me care less than if like if you had to bring a character back then just tell me like oh yeah michael myers fucked up this guy also because that's what you're doing with everybody else because you're just saying oh it was in the other movie it's like okay then like why are we spending 15 minutes on this thing that goes basically nowhere because most people are ending up dead in it anyway and we know what the conclusion of it is. Um, and it does not have anything meaningful to say in terms of like it's fucking commentary on the police. Like the fact that they uh, concoct a story to make the fact that he shot his partner by accident more of an accident than it already was. And it's like, that's just a weird point to make. And it's like, it feels like a needless point in this movie where the system as discussed in the movie is already like collapsing in other ways that you don't need to be like, and also the police are corrupt. Like this movie picks its shots on where it wants to make a point very, uh, notably in really weird ways. But yeah, I just, I did not like, I did not, I don't support the flashbacks. I just don't. Yeah. I, um, I liked when it started and I thought, Oh, this is, this is an, this is very interesting because they didn't do it in the 2018 one. So I thought, okay, we're opening the second movie in this trilogy with it. There must be 
something important that we're going to learn. Um, and it was, it was nice to, to, uh, gradually realize that that's where we were. I think, um, it looks a bit different, a little bit different than the rest of the movie. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it ends up amounting to, to really nothing at all. And it just feels like navel gazing. Um, I think that, the introducing Hawkins and having this backstory for him feels like uh, it would come in like the 18th episode of a season long drama series where it's mm-hmm. just like we've 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 explored every other nook that we can in this world and so where do we have to go except for this cop and try to make him a bigger character yeah Um, (laughs) halloween kills because we've killed all of our other avenues of storytelling so here we go with this shit (laughs) halloween kills the medium of film yeah (laughs) yeah so i think i think it really ends up hindering the movie and um I respect it makes me respect 2018 a lot more for not going to that place um and it even makes me like appreciate even though the rest of the movie is what lost me and I wasn't lost by the time the 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 main opening flashback ended once it's all said and done I'm like I respect uh at least the concept for the rest of the movie more because this just ended up amounting to hey cool we're seeing we're basically seeing dr loomis on screen again isn't it cool that they figured that out and i'm just like i don't actually know that it is cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think it's very cool i think it's i think it's really dumb and also um uh jay bauman uh red letter media made a great tweet uh where it was like uh just to tie back into that like loomis stuff why would marion when attempting to murder Michael Myers, say this is for Dr. Loomis. Did they even have a relationship? Like, I, why I, I why are these things being this, tied This together? is for consuming that doctor's life in <laughs> his later years. Yeah, um, and... <sighs> wowee, that was a sound. Um, I'm just frustrated. Okay, so that's really all I have to say about the flashbacks. Also, um... Something with the flashbacks that ties into how this movie looks in general. The whole flashback looks fake. Yeah, and I don't know why. Because Very it's convincingly, not not the seventies. Like it, or it doesn't feel it doesn't feel the same way. Um, but like it looks like they shot it on a fucking green screen sometimes. Yeah. They, yeah, they didn't. But like, why does it look like that? It looks fake. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that's why I said it looks different than the rest of the movie. And so, uh, but I stopped. But I stopped myself from saying like it looks like the '70s or even looks good. Like it's really weird. The fact that Doctor Loomis isn't CGI, uh, which I think is 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 admirable um but he looks like cgi like how is that possible i don't know what was going on there the house looks like it too yeah it's so weird because they clearly have the set they go back to it like a hundred times in this movie um so yeah the flashbacks valueless and looks like shit uh i think we are all in agreement i honestly (laughs) think i think like the whole movie is kind of like visually not that um, remarkable, or I think it's it's not. No, I don't uh, like it as much as 2018. Uh, yeah. And also, I can't think of a single shot in this movie where I was like, "That was cool." Yeah. I think this, like, there is the one where he jumps and then do the POV from like the roof. I guess is like 
interesting, but it's also just like such a dumb sequence that I'm over it. And I'm over <laughs> like the the mob sequences are are not interestingly shot. Like I think that the one from the seventies is more interestingly shot. Like it's it's a leaner budget, oh, right? It is. And, it is. and it and it's uh yeah, I think it's just much better, more interesting to look at. More chill <laughs> more more chilling for sure. Yeah, and it feels just realer. This, like, this, this is Disneyland. Feel, this doesn't feel like real life or yeah. anything. And I know like if you want to make the argument that Michael Myers is an arc- incarnation of pure evil, then maybe it shouldn't. But like the movie yeah. doesn't feel that way. I don't think the movie thinks that half the time. Although, uh, it is a fucking violent experience. Yeah. Um, and a lot, the entire first half of the movie and at least half of the second half is spent killing people that we don't know for no reason. Okay. Um, I was wondering if they were if they were from the other film, like the people. Yeah. No, uh, the the like obviously the first responders aren't. Uh, that old couple with the drone isn't. What about um, big, big John and Little John? Nope. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, what's cool about those characters is that you don't care about them at all. Uh, they're all just sort of here to be killed. Um, and that feels pointless. Uh, and honestly, water? <laughs> no. Oh, well, hold on. Okay, I want to make an argument about this. Um. Mm-hmm slasher movies can operate in like two different kinds of ways um Mm -hmm. you have people getting killed that you care about and you have the movies where you're like you know right away the characters don't matter and uh you're there to just like watch creative killing yeah but you can still stick the landing with either of those no this movie is trying to do both and accomplishes neither Mm -hmm. um because uh yeah like half the movie is spent killing people that we don't know and then the second half is spent killing people that we do know at least in some capacity um but i feel like you don't care about any of it no i will say i've also learned something about myself that i think um which is that i can't i'm struggling to get behind oh it's scary because he doesn't have a motive and he's just doing it because he's doing it i don't think it works in this movie because they don't have an understanding of what they want to do with michael myers but also just for me personally as a viewer i know other slasher movies do it other movies i like probably do Mm -hmm. it but in this case the overwhelming brutality of it at points um none of it made me like squeamish but it was just something where i was like what's the fucking point of me seeing this yeah i felt like i wasn't getting anything out of it so i was just wondering why we were here like watching him terrorize old people yeah i and, mean like just like but to circle back on that whole on that whole notion of like people you not having a motive i mean we would discuss targets earlier in the in the cast and that movie is genuinely terrifying and it came out like 60 years ago <laughs> or, yeah and and it's like genuinely terrifying and he's like gunning down a theater full of people with no motive right it's it's a horrifying um film it and that works but yeah because that feels like a real person doing like a real thing yeah michael myers is just a character that they've stretched too thin now and um he might have had like a motive but but i feel like i don't know everybody's kind of lost the plot (laughs) and it's just like they're just making these to make money i don't know yeah liam what did you think about like just the way the killing felt to you well in a vacuum 
I do like it. If you were to just isolate those those kill scenes, most of them, I think some of them are a bit sloppy. For example, when he kills all the firefighters as he emerges from the burning house, which I think is a cool shot when he emerges from the burning house. But when he just slaughters all these firefighters, I think the cuts um like the literal like the camera cuts are so jarring it's hard to tell exactly what's going on there's no sense of space to it um (laughs) i think uh like on paper michael myers killing a firefighter with one of those uh circular saws in the face i think that's that's cool um but I just, I never really bought it. I mean, there's all a big group of muscular people around him uh, with big, heavy melee weapons, um, and he takes them all out one by one. I just, I don't buy it. Um, and even though it's it's meant to establish Michael as, okay, he's going to be a brutal killing machine. And I, I don't like that. Uh, characterization of Michael Myers I think it's fine to have this dude who like just just his like instinct is to kill people I don't want him to be to he doesn't need to have any sympathy or anything he can be a, a brutal killer but to make him such a machine at it and just like uh, a supernatural force without going there it it just like it it makes me appreciate the cult of thorn from the sixth movie even more because once again uh even though how this halloween trilogy is now trying to do away with everything they thought is ridiculous and everything that gives michael myers a motive the cult stuff because they're 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 disregarding all those later sequels they're even disregarding halloween 2 which john carpenter had a hand in where it's revealed that laurie is michael's sister they're disregarding that so they're just saying okay he's not focused on laurie here in fact they make that point in this movie they, they yeah, say because that she's Lori, convinced that she yeah, is but she's misinformed and he's just a killer um and he's just trying Evil to get back tonight. to his house and so okay so we've taken away his motive and that's fine for me i mean as the great billy loomis says it's it's a lot scarier when there is no motive but the fact that they've made him motiveless but unkillable is so unscary to me i think it it is it it takes any of the tension out, um, particularly once we see the the ending scene where uh, big spoilers here. If you guys didn't catch it earlier, God, the ending it, scene is bad, the end um, where Michael just gets absolutely brutalized. He gets shot. He gets beat. Um, it, he gets like stomped on before that. Karen stomps on his fucking neck. Yeah, yep. he gets, he gets yeah. A, pitch, a pitchfork to the back. Oh my god! And and I think all that is really cool. And the movie, I gotta say, it had me fooled because when he killed all those firefighters at the beginning, I was like, okay, this dude can stand up to anything. Uh, he's not gonna. I'm not gonna buy anyone like trying to shoot him or anything. And then they had him beat up so bad at the end that I was like, oh, I guess. Um, they have beat him, even though it doesn't really make sense to me because I'm thinking if he beat up all those firefighters, he's going to be able to beat up all these other people too. But then they were really getting him. And so I thought, okay, uh, I guess he just got lucky with those firefighters, caught him off guard, but now these people, they got him. And then all it takes is a, uh, a speech by Laurie Strode explaining how with everyone <laughs> he kills, he transcends. And 
I'm, I can't take Lori's word for anything because she was already wrong about his intentions. She really and doesn't know anything about mean? this guy. I'll die and, and end the cycle. And she's just she's just spitting uh, total nonsense. So I can't <laughs> buy any of that. So for that to be laid over Michael Myers rising back up, it is not an explanation at all. But there needs to be an explanation now because uh, it is the movie is playing it so yeah. straight. They have backed themselves into a corner. And so really, I think Halloween ends, which is going to be the next sequel to this the only place they can really go is somewhere like Cult of Thorn. Like, that's how we got here in the first place is yeah. because people went too wild with Michael and what he can survive. Um, they went too explicit with it instead of making it a bit cheekier, like the end of the original Halloween where he gets shot, he falls out a window at the very end, and then you look out the window and he's gone. That's very peculiar. But oh, that's it so is good. But it's not supernatural. 50 Cent got shot a bunch of times, too. He survived. Right. You, like, you can still sort of explain it, and it's scarier in your imagination. And so for this movie to take away his motive and still make him this force that cannot be killed, I think it robs the movie of any sort of tension. I think back to any scene in this movie where people are fighting back to michael myers i think back to the flashback scene where young hawkins tries to shoot him and shoots his partner and i just think well even if you didn't shoot your partner don't be that upset bro you couldn't have stopped michael myers he would have survived and so i just think it is such a mistake this approach even though to answer your question i do like some of the slasher fodder kills and that that whole oh go ahead sorry really quick and then they have hawkins be the guy who makes it so michael myers does not get shot by the police which we also know would not have mattered <laughs> no because because so, he can get shot already and he walks cares? away the whole thing is pointless and also like the bit like where he where the cops like here like switch guns and they'll never know like, oh, the like, police are like corrupt. logically that's just stupid because every cop has like a gun assigned to them with like a serial number like it's 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 I, I mean, know. I believe that the cops can lie, but it. Does oh sure, feel it's not the first time a cop's ever switched out a gun, but um, yeah, it just feels like it's just stupid writing. Yeah, and, um, and all, all like, yeah. like Laurie's explanation, like it, it does explain something, and all that it explains is that we're gonna get another one. And I don't. I'm very skeptical that Halloween is truly going to end in this next one. I think we're gonna yeah, keep getting I, more every I October. What, I think what this movie had to do is make it about Lori commit double down like don't say no like don't make it broader make it more specific because the whole thrust of Halloween 2018 is that night fucking ruined Lori Strode's life and she has spent 40 years waiting for what she believes was the inevitable comeback of that trauma in her life and it ruined her daughter's life and it's impacting her granddaughter's life and she was right because he did come back and then the movie kind of shoehorns its way out of that by saying oh the doctor was the one taking him to the Myers house like it's not about you but like is it not more interesting if it is about her and beyond that because the format the thematic format for that movie is sort of creating Michael Myers as a force of like 
cause for generational trauma. I don't know if it's a particularly deft movie at handling that, but it's a really interesting idea. And what this movie does instead is it just, it flattens every character out into meaning the same thing in the same way. Like Lori is now no more important than Tommy, than Allison, than Karen, than Cameron, than fucking that doctor guy than anybody than a random firefighter none of it none of it has significance anymore mm-hmm. and i feel like that's so boring <laughs> yeah i'd rather watch anything else yeah i think that's a really good point Corey. and uh i like your explanation of why they should have focused on Lori. um and in that way i do agree with it i think that um the mob is uh i think it's a a good idea that is that is based in reason in fact halloween 4 does this same thing where michael myers is back in halloween in haddonfield in halloween field (laughs) they should rename the the town um uh michael myers comes back and so like a a bunch of rednecks uh band together in order to track him down in their pickup trucks um and that feels more realistic even uh that it's just like a bunch of dudes pissed off and kind of also want to kill someone and uh so they've got a target um and so i i think that it's fine especially in the middle installment of a modern trilogy um uh with the original halloween as sort of a prologue i think it's fine for the middle installment to to sort of uh sideline your main character a bit um she's in the hospital that makes sense i mean she got cut up good um and she still gets some lines in there that that reflect what she was saying in the first movie and now we're gonna we're gonna expand the scope a bit see how the rest of the town is feeling i think all that is fine but i think the execution is is really bad um and really unbelievable i think it's exactly what you said making everyone in the town have the same sort of trauma and fight in them that laurie does totally distracts from uh what was emotional and interesting about the story i think a better way to do it would have just been a bit less intense with all these characters, not make Tommy so gung ho um, and uh, so fixed on this Halloween thing with everyone else who was there um, in the town and instead have it be they have a they go see Lori because they've heard that she's been hurt or something like that. Um and uh, they realize how much this means to her, and so from there they're like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna help you out." But instead, it seems like they've basically been feeling the same way she's been feeling for the last few decades, and yeah, they so, just didn't become fucking preppers. Exactly, and so now they they all band together, and it just. It feels like it, it It just doesn't have the emotion to it. Um, and maybe the idea that the filmmakers had was just like Michael Myers is so evil that he's literally turned the whole town into a bunch of lorries. Um, and, you know, and they, and they are the monsters. But also, I think if you want to focus this more, you have established Allison as a character and Karen as characters who are who feel like they get it now who understand where Lori was coming from and are like equally committed 
to putting an end to this like why are they not more front and center in that because karen is fucking wasted wasted in this movie um just embarrassing like um her being sidelined into that fucking mob plot sucks um her getting killed at the end sucks um and then allison is just sidelined with the fucking lonnie like lonnie has more shit to do than she does and i feel like there's at least a more interesting version of that idea where the characters that we already care about are ringleading something uh which is just not what's happening and then the movie just gets bogged down in fucking side plots you spend like 10 minutes with Lindsay. Um, and then like Marion dies and those in the doctor and the nurse die in the car and then they get a cheeky death for no reason with like spooky masks and stuff where he got those. I guess it just doesn't fucking matter. Um, and then he the big got, John and little John the, thing. Uh, the trick or treaters, they had those masks on. But when we see the kids the first time, they're not all wearing masks. Like the two of them show up at the door of the Johns. And two of them don't have masks on. It doesn't matter, but I right. was confused by that. And then we spend so much time with those two fucking dudes. Who cares? Who yeah. cares? The, this is an example of, um, I think maybe they took some criticisms of the 2018 movie to heart and and swung too hard in the other direction because when 2018 uh came out and then all all throughout the last three years a lot of people's complaints has been in the the comedy sections of the movie and it's it's very small sort of segments but Corey, you'll remember them because you were pointing them out to me over facebook text like you were just quoting them um and i thought oh it's so so cool that Corey is catching on to these like uh julian talking about clipping his nasty ass toenails um the cops talking about uh their sandwiches (laughs) yeah uh um, the kid in the car with his dad talking about how he wants to dance and people had a lot of problems with those and so I think the approach that they took to Halloween Kills was we're gonna take these characters who in 2018 maybe would have just had a few cute lines like calling each other Big John and Little John and uh, and then they would have gotten off. I think they decided to give them more time because maybe they were just really infatuated with the actors and they thought they that that would make people the movie care more and they had to pad the movie as well and i think it ends up being far far less effective i think um it ended up being a slog staying with these uh two dudes who and um I think it's also like a. It, it felt like a strange yeah. sort of representation representation of a gay couple that it's I just very like, close to being homophobic. It's very close. Yeah, because it's a fucking stereotype. Um, like, yeah, and and, would, and in yeah. the. Do you have anything to say about about that couple, Mitch? Um, no, you can keep going. I mean, I, I'm kind of with everything you've said so far. They it's just they stay too long yeah actually i saw something earlier that i think might speak to that in an interesting way it was a tweet one second uh sam weinman uh who liam will know from otterian yeah uh retweeted this um maybe it's time to introduce a new term homophobe ish this is a tweet from uh at video coven on twitter uh for media depictions of queer characters that aren't intentionally harmful but still reinforce stereotypes or cynically exploit queer people this is that yeah it's that 100 that's pretty apt that's it's exactly not intentional there's no way it's intentional 
but holy no, yeah, shit, yeah, it is yeah. reductive. And they and they're sort of portrayed in in almost like a like a they they play it for laughs in a lot of ways, like their relationship, or they they kind yeah. of make the older guy seem more like pathetic in a lot of ways, and especially like when he's finally confronts Michael, and I don't know, it just it really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, and so I think um, what 2018 did much better was having those little segments of, yes, funny dialogue, but also just I thought it was dialogue that made you feel more like these characters were real people. people. Yeah, Like that kid um, uh, in 2018, Mitch, that you you jump in, uh, a scene starts where you've got like a preteen uh, kid talking to his dad as they're driving down a dark forested road and and he's saying uh dad why do i have to go hunting with you i just really want to focus on my dancing that's just where my passion is right now and it's it probably lasts for about 15 seconds before they stumble upon uh a bus that was transporting michael and the other psychiatric inmates and it's it's uh, abandoned on the side of a road and that interrupts them and then they end up getting killed and it is kind of funny to jump in in like in media res with this heated conversation um and this kid is talking about how he loves dancing like <laughs> you don't dad often, just not giving a shit <laughs> you don't often hear something like that so yes it's funny but i also thought it was very sincere yeah. um it gives, much, it, gives, it gives them motivations and it gives them a life and something to aspire to right they and feel like people it's sadder uh, honestly, when that's snatched away yeah really um, quick i will say that kid feels like more of a person than any of the other characters we deal with even if they were in the previous movie yeah like or by which i mean the original like the like Lindsay and Marion, Tommy, the Johns, they feel like less of actual human people than that kid. Totally yeah. with you. And I think I think the same thing is applied with the other comedic segments in that movie. Like Julian, sure, he's he's a really witty kid that you probably wouldn't encounter. Like the 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 kids in the original funny. Halloween <laughs> are like are much more your average kid, but also I heard when 2018 came out, I don't know how true this is, but I had heard from one of the filmmakers that they mostly just let the actor for Julian go and he was just a super no funny kid. <laughs> and so and so maybe that's the case and some kids are just like that and he felt like a really real person yeah, to me. And he played off Vicky really well. Like they just had they had chemistry that you'd feel like a teenager who babysits a kid who's kind of a shithead who's funny and like yeah you know picking on her would have <laughs> and so it just it does a lot of the work in a much shorter time frame and i think that technique would have worked a lot better in halloween kills instead halloween kills plods along but in 2018 you you got these characters that were saying funny things but also felt real even even oscar in his pursuit of allison right and he talks about how all these he's really drunk and these girls were feeding him guacamole in all these sexy ways and he's sorry for trying to kill kiss allison and then michael myers comes and and gets him and i think that it is very effective because now i feel attached to this sad sort of drunk kid um and i didn't really get that in any of halloween kills i think what they do for most of the characters is they just uh by calling back to the original movie they're expecting that that does enough of the emotional lifting oh that's that's tommy mm -hmm. from the original one that's mary marion from the original one so when they die we're gonna feel something but it it doesn't work that way um recasting uh 
Also, just like the amount of time that's passed, these really are small characters from the first movie. And even even Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, they, if they had just brought her back at the beginning of Halloween 2018 and killed her off the way they did in like Halloween Resurrection, it doesn't actually feel very impactful. You've got to do the work in the movie and not rely on what other movies have done. And I think... Halloween Kills fails pretty much all across the board. And when it tries to do it with Big John, Little John, again, I just I don't think it works. And so I think they're mostly better off when they're just killing some of these random characters like uh, like the elderly couple. Um, I think that's some of the more effective stuff in the film. Yeah, um, I I. I agree with most of that. I don't know if it's more effective when they're killing the other people, but I just kind of had different problems with that generally. Um, but fellas, I think it's time to talk about the hospital um, and the mob. So just to set this up, what happens? I mean, if you're this far and you probably saw the movie, but um, Tommy is, first of all, the introduction of Tommy's weird because they're at a talent show on Halloween at a bar and they set up that he's really good at doing bird calls. And then what he does instead is give an impassioned speech about Michael Myers in trauma and community and literally shines a spotlight directly in the faces of all the people who got hurt by Michael Myers, which is horrible, um, which is horrible. It's a, a horrible thing speech. To do. Yeah. And it's a bad speech. Um, and they have like a Michael Myers encounter and he's like, no, we need a gang. Like we need a, crowd together yeah. this whole time to make will, sure that will evil michael dies, strike right? again will he strike again who's next like it's just so yeah it's and he's such being a just like a paranoid weird weirdo um and people go to the hospital because obviously a people are getting hurt and killed but also like Lori is there but their family initially and what happens the thing i want to talk about in the hospital is to make this point because we need to talk about the way that this movie handles like its criticism of mob mentality is that the there's another inmate there. So there was a bus crash in the first movie and inmates were released. There are two. There's Michael Myers and there's this other guy. Um, That guy shows up at the hospital and people start to think it's Michael. Everybody has been sent into a fervor. And in part, that's because, you know, people are getting hurt and killed and people want to know why. And the hospital can't give them details. And the police don't seem to have a handle on the situation. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Crisis the stress of a crisis. Um, but then Tommy shows up to start fucking riling people up to make like a death squad, basically. And the sheriff is like, death Hey man, squad. I don't know about a death squad. And that's what it is. <laughs> um, he's like, I am the law and I don't condone death squads. And they're like, well, what about for Michael Myers makes you think. And um, <laughs> so this other guy shows up to the hospital. Who's clearly not Michael Myers. Like Michael Myers is a big, fucking built like imposing dude this is like a small relatively speaking like kind of out of shape older guy like he does not even remotely look like michael myers not and not intimidating his his body language and the way he looks scared because he is yeah like even if you forget like the actual physicality of of michael myers um this dude you're gonna see him and you're gonna be like Oh, okay. This guy, if that is Michael Myers, somewhere between his last kill and now, he took a wicked bonk on his head and he is not uh, threatening to us at this moment. No, and um, not only that, but, you know, 
they say like, oh, but he wears a mask. How do we know it's not him? And it's like, well, the people who were there, essentially, so Karen starts trying to be like, hey, that's not him. And by that point, it's too far gone. And like every single person in this hospital is absolutely storming up the stairs and through the halls trying to find this guy and just like murder him in cold blood because they're convinced they're going to get Michael Myers. This is the second time this has happened because they also have to break the news to Laurie Strode that Michael got out of the house in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I'm going to go kill Michael Myers. I need to be the one to kill Michael Myers. And Um, I'll die too. And then we'll end the loop. Karen is stuck in the mob, somehow gets out of it. She finds the guy upstairs. I don't know how she breaks free from everybody else that fast. Uh, And is like, hey, I'm going to protect you. Don't worry about it. We got it. So she locks him in like a corridor essentially and is like hey that's not him please fuck off uh and she gets overwhelmed overpowered uh they break through the door and the dude in there starts to panic obviously because he doesn't know what's happening um and he ends up breaking through a window and just jumping to his death out the window because otherwise he was going to get beat by that mob anyway um and everybody goes outside and is like hey is that him we think we got him and then they're like no that wasn't him you fucking idiot and they're like well what if it was uh and all that comes of that it's a half-baked apology from tommy and everybody moves on and i don't know what that whole sequence is supposed to fucking communicate about either these characters or mob mentality broadly i guess like oh they're like oh it makes people like act irrationally and make rash decisions and it's like i mean i guess but this particular set of circumstances feels so constructed that the movie's not making an interesting point it's just a bunch of people did something stupid because they weren't Mm -hmm. thinking yeah i mean i think you i think you answered both your questions there i think that is basically all it's saying about mob mentality that when people are thinking in a big group like that they're they're not thinking clearly um it's like that's just the definition of the term (laughs) like that's so it's so shallow it's just like when people get together and they're bad, they're really bad. Like, it's and, just so and, dumb. Uh, isn't, what isn't if we're that, the evil that needs to die tonight? Well, isn't what that the we? scene that where they say we're the monsters? Yeah, the yeah, that, that yeah. It's like, oh, uh, the the Michael. No, they blame Michael Myers for turning the town into monsters. Yeah, is how right. it goes. Right, which right, is yeah. Super dumb. And uh, yes, I think I think that is the point, and I think. Yes, it does feel very constructed, but it's not constructed well yeah. enough. I think it c- it could have been done so much more believably, um, just in terms of the the su- sort of like um, uh, chaos of errors that that makes that happen. Like I just I don't buy it because of uh, the body language, like you said. Mm. Also, they make sure to include a scene where Tommy is at the bar at the beginning where this talent show happens and a news broadcast comes on that says two inmates have escaped and they show the picture of the shorter man and then the the camera changes focus to focus on tommy so that when they show michael myers without his mask on um his face is blurred so first am i supposed to buy that that news broadcast didn't say either of their names okay i guess i'll buy that am i supposed to buy that over the last four decades where michael myers has been in prison his name has not been associated with his face everywhere. People can't just go on the internet and look him up the way that you would Charles Manson and see what Charles Manson looked like when he was in prison for decades. And um, so 
<laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me that even though I'm like, okay, I understand what they're trying to get at, but it doesn't feel like they've made the right amount of steps. And then for the point to just be that mobs act irrationally feels so shallow to me. I think they could have yeah. put a lot more work into there where maybe it's clear that most of these people don't even care if it's Michael or not. They're just up in arms and they just they just want to kill somebody because yeah. uh, they're excited about or, letting out some of the aggression yeah, that for, has yeah. come over it, the town. Make the town look a little fucking run down and yeah. imply that like people are just pissed because like I don't know their quality of life is going down and the cost of living is higher and they don't have good jobs and they want to take that anger out on somebody make yeah. it more of a commentary not less of one and or yeah. maybe make one of the characters you spent the last movie building up um like one of Lori's family maybe more involved in the process of riling people up and then realizing the error of their ways. Yeah, if you want to do something, but nobody cares about Tommy. If you want to show mob mentality like more meaningfully, like I think fundamentally what you need to do is is to have like you know, there actually be some kind of consequence or some kind of loss of humanity, but anything that they're building for is kind of nullified when michael myers just pops back up and kills them all like i think if he had actually died there and you have to deal with some kind of collective loss of humanity for killing this man or whatever if you, if you like there are ways that you could make the ending interesting within that sort of mob mentality thing or you could ask better questions about mob mentalities but instead they just like say fuck it we're killing everybody and we'll see you again in the next movie this movie has grossed fifty million dollars already, over fifty million, which is like in a pandemic, which the, is insane. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just upsetting. Um, <sighs> yeah. Uh, so before we talk about like the end of the movie and sort of like just setting up where we think that might go and if we give a shit anymore, uh, one thing that I think is worth talking about is the two two kind of things that we haven't really addressed because we very much covered the story and like its kind of presentation. And we've talked about how weird the movie kind of looks. A lot of the movie looks fine. It carries over a consistent visual language from the other movie. Um, some of the coloring choices I actually really like, especially like when Allison and Cameron go to the Myers house and how blue that is. I just think it looks neat. Oh, uh, yeah, I really liked that scene. Yeah. Um, but how do we feel about uh, like the performances that we're getting here from everybody? Especially, I mean, we can keep it specific to like anything that jumped out i don't i don't really like any of them because i don't think that they're really given much to do i think there are some performances that might be a bit more charismatic than others at times but i like honestly it's a pretty wooden ride all the way through and i like i don't really know any of the people here in this movie that well like jamie lee curtis obviously and like a handful of others but like i can't really pick out one performance where i'm like wow like even in some shitty movies i can like really shitty movies like i can be like well at least like this guy was fun to watch and uh there's there's nothing here for me that i that i liked i kind of perked up when i saw donald pleasant <laughs> but but and i and when i saw seymour cassell in the minion moskowitz uh sequence briefly. it's a different movie yeah, different movie but i got i was excited <laughs> to see him in that movie um yeah no I, yeah i don't think anybody here does a really standout job 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Mitch. Um, unfortunately, I think the writing ends up taking hold and they're just delivering so many catchphrases. Uh, evil so dies many, tonight. A lot of evil dies tonight and a lot of just like really on-the-nose monologues like Jamie Lee Curtis's final thing about trans- how Michael Myers transcends with every kill. Um I, I, I even think a lot of what Jamie Lee Curtis has to do in 2018 is rough because I think a lot of that writing is is very heavy handed, even though she has a presence about her um, like, like Anthony Michael Hall, who they cast to play Tommy Doyle. It would have been sick if they had Paul Rudd. Um, but I'll, ta- Dude, I'll take you imagine I'll take Anthony <laughs> Paul Michael Rudd would Hall. Feel so would feel so out of place in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, they pro- they would have had to write him differently for sure because Anthony Michael Hall now has this sort of big burly. Uh, yeah, he looks like he can kick the him. shit out of somebody. It's all yeah, it's kind of um, awesome. And Anthony Michael Hall in the Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club is my third favorite movie of all time. Um, I think that's his performance in that movie. Favorite is, movie is, with Breakfast in the title. <laughs> absolutely, and I think his performance in that movie is is the best one of all of all those kids. And I've seen him in other stuff since, and I don't think he's lost it. Um, but I think that where his character ends up going, once he's on screen for about 15 minutes, uh, past that point, I was like, okay, now I get what they're giving him and I feel really bad for him uh, because he's just not given the space here. I think he's a charismatic guy, um, so I don't think it's a miscast. I just think it's a miss right. Um, I think Kyle Richards, uh, who played Lindsay in the original and went on to be quite an actress and also a reality star who Brianna knows really well from a show called The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I, I I quite liked Kyle Richards. I thought she sold the fear. And I think that um, the scene where she is trying to hide from Michael Myers in the park is probably the most tense scene in the movie, um, in, a, in a movie of not a whole lot of tense scenes. I think the only thing that might rival it is um, Cameron uh, and Allison uh, looking around... Um, in the Michael Myers house and yeah, finding those, bodies. Those and two are, are at the top of their game there because they're given something to actually, you know, do and focus on. Yep. So uh-huh. I, 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 I like those actors. I really do like, uh, Dylan Arnold, right. Playing Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. I, so I, I like him. I like that. They fleshed his character out more from the first movie. Um, but of all- course, he's a fucking Halloween movie OG character's son because they can't fucking help themselves. Yeah. Um, but all all in all, the performances just end up all mashing together. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, the way she's written, I just really can't get behind it, even though I think she is doing her absolute best and is a good actress. And I should also go on record and just say that I am not a Judy Greer fan at all. Uh in other movies included or yeah 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 both um like in 2018 i think she is so rough uh she's either um uh very yelly or even worse like just sort of despondent eye-rolly you know she's like sick of of jamie of her mom and um so she has like this sort of just like uh passive aggressive state about her and uh and then when she gets more heated uh i just i can't i can't buy either of them i i yeah i'm very 
very sick of her and I, I don't think she does really any better in this movie yeah i don't know if i have as strong feelings about her specifically but i do think that a lot of this just kind of bleeds together and there's not a lot sticking out i do at least think that little john and big john for all my complaints about it being here like i like those guys that was kind of interesting that felt a little bit different at first i was like oh who are these weird dudes um i can kind of support that um but the biggest thing is nobody's given anything to do like even if there's actors that i like they're just not given anything to do right so you're just sort of stuck like i think omar dorsey is like cool as shit uh he's who is the that? sheriff cowboy oh, hat the... sheriff yep liked him like I liked that him in the cool first as fuck, one too but it's yep. like i don't know he doesn't have anything to do um do i have anything else to say about the actors uh dylan arnold call me how about that <laughs> Yeah, so while I wait for uh, Dylan Arnold to call me, um, we can talk about how how this movie ends, how it sets up Halloween ends. Slow motion knifing and spatially unaware action. And um, well, here's the here's the biggest kill, problem out of killing all your of it. darlings. Well, here's the biggest problem out of all of it, right? Um, so they set up that this group succeeds and has a plan, executes the plan, and gets Michael Myers. And then when Michael Myers gets back up, they all forget how to do any of those things and haphazardly attack him one-on-one poely and all die. Yeah. Like, if he's down... Where did the plan go? If he's where down, stra- like, don't Why stop until he's dead. Time? It's fucking Michael fucking Myers. Yeah. Even like, if you think he's dead, but even like if he's getting back up, why do they all just fucking give up? Because mob um, mentalities never work. So that's stupid. <sighs> yeah, it's stupid. And the fact that he lives feels stupid. I almost wish this movie just fucking killed Michael Myers. I do too. Um, I think it would have been more meaningful if he if he died. Yeah. And it would make a third movie fascinating. Like a Halloween movie without Michael Myers in it. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Um that would have been cool. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, I, and I had heard from people going in that the ending is divisive and where are they going to go from here? And so as the movie was starting to wrap up, I really thought they were going to do it and I was quite excited and yeah. where it ends uh entirely is like it doesn't really have me excited yeah. for a third I mean, one you know, at all. Like the, in the, the same breath like this would not be a fitting end for Michael Myers. Um no, but like, I think the yeah. version of this movie that is more focused on the themes of the first movie carried over and more focused on like Lori, Karen, Allison, that then also kills Michael Myers. And then just you because you could you could absolutely make a movie out of recovering from this, I think, totally, as those people who were very centrally focused within it in the version of the movie that we didn't get. Um, I also just have a question about the end of the movie um so if i okay karen looks in the window of michael myers sister's bedroom and sees somebody young michael it's young michael is she she looking out or is is she looking in yeah yeah that that was young michael that's from like the first one yeah if you remember the opening sequence of the original film that's michael not standing fucking tell who that was supposed to be he's wearing a clown costume yeah I didn't even notice a clown cut. Co- Did I see a different scene? Yeah, you well, saw an alternate a, cut. I don't know if it's a no. Clown you're right. Costume. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I honestly thought costume. I thought it looked more like. Okay, I don't know what's going on with that then. But then, so then, if I does she go inside? She no. does after seeing she, that, yeah. and then Michael Myers just kills her. Big Michael. Big Michael Myers. No longer the young clown man. 
they were like four streets away and he was in the midst of fighting off a group of people that had just basically killed him. How the fuck did this happen? And there is so many people around that he just sort of waltzed over there to be able to do this. Again, I don't want to cinema sins logic my way through this movie, but like give me some fucking rules, man. Like yeah. tell me how Michael Myers operates. Yeah, and I think like not or just like having this like indestructible force of evil just like really isn't that compelling to me. Um and also Karen could be a really yeah, interesting character if they did something yeah. with that, which they never really do. No. Uh take yeah, I me think, instead. I think yeah. Michael coming back in that uh <laughs> montage monologue scene, I think it it undercuts um all of the seriousness of the mob that they had been trying to depict for the last hour because these people are supposed to be vicious and now they actually have michael there's there's no there's no doubt about it this dude has a mask he's a fighter he's big it is michael and they have him on the ground they are not going to stop after he is even even been stabbed i mean karen stabbed him and that would be a kill shot so i but they're not gonna stop these people are ravenous they're literally like they would beat him and stab him maybe rip his limbs off um and and this isn't me just saying like if i was a horror movie character this is what i would do you're dumb for leaving the horror movie character like the movie has portrayed itself to be this way that these people are vicious and that this is uh they have a plan and that this is like a serious real world horror movie and so if you're not going to have the mob go all in on him you have to explain it in some way and i think they could have done that as well they could have just had tommy say you know hold on stop mate like we got him or something like that and and call everyone off um and then to have the very end of the movie, what you were talking about, Corey, where Michael, I mean, he gets up, he brutalizes everyone, which I think I agree with Mitch. It is spatially ambiguous and thus makes it uh, very yeah. ineffective. Um, Most in of the action is, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah, totally. Uh, my favorite kills in the movies are the ones that are not as action movie yeah. like, like the, the like fighter the, or one like the the, uh, the light, like the um, when he breaks like the tube bulb and like jams into that woman. Yeah, I, I really that's like a good that that's one. a good kill. Um, but, yeah, uh, um, but yeah, these big action movie scenes are just uh, they 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 don't have the chops the way they're shot. They are very unclear. Um, so they don't feel as brutal as they, as they should. And, um, and then you have Michael show up in his childhood room and he kills Karen and that's what ends the movie. But the way that the kill comes at the, at the end of this montage and happens so quickly, I'm even having trouble, uh, one, I'm having trouble, uh, feeling affected by it even though this is a character we've spent a lot of time with it and despite how i feel about uh judy guru's acting i do care about this character and so um i don't feel affected by it because of its placement just at the end of this montage that i'm already not buying and two um because of its placement and the way it's shot, I'm even having trouble buying that it actually happened. And so I'm wondering what you guys think about that. If that is for sure uh, that was real, or if maybe in the third one, it'll be revealed that that was Lori having a nightmare or something like that. 
if it's a bait and switch, the bait and switch reveal had to happen in this movie. If it's a bait and switch, they didn't do that. That would, I'm not joking, be one of the stupidest, least well-conceived things I will have ever seen in a movie. Because you can't make people sit for a year and wait and then recontextualize the thing that they're watching by telling them, oh, all that shit you saw before didn't matter. Well, Halloween Resurrection did it, and we liked that one. They said that that Michael didn't actually get his head cut off. Totally, totally. That movie's completely different. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That movie, Halloween Resurrection, which I'm going to defend vigorously again, is stupid, right? Like, we're not not saying that. It's kind of a dumb movie. But what it does know, what it wants to strike in terms of tone, how to get there, and how to use the actors it has at its disposal. Because, like, I think Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks are great. And um, I think that it's doing really big, goofy stuff because the whole framing device is like a reality TV show spooky house full of cameras run by Buster Rhymes. And that's stupid. And I th- I like that. And I think making Buster Rhymes a guy who knows how to fight and, like, kick people out of windows and everybody gets burned down and shit is cool. And it's weird and it's interesting. And this is a movie where I think especially by the end does want to be taken seriously and has that self-serious tone. So you can't just decide to make your movie not what actually happened at that point. Especially if that's the only time you're ever going to do that. I think entering a new installment of a franchise after some time and you're like we need an excuse for this iconic slasher villain to be back you get a lot of leeway but for that to be the bait and switch would be so fucking weak and weird that i just i don't know i'm i hope that's not what's happening i'm totally with you Corey. i hope it's not happening as well but um there's a little thing in my brain that's saying uh Despite this movie not being Halloween Resurrection in its tone, it, it unfortunately is Halloween Resurrection in a lot of its choices, like in its corniness <laughs> and its ridiculous action. And so I am not going to put it past these filmmakers to actually pull the Halloween Resurrection move and bring Karen back. Um, but they also, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock this movie for that because it might not be what happens and Karen might actually be dead. In which case my only qualm is that it didn't feel like it was delivered with the punch that it should have been or even the clarity or the clarity. Yeah, exactly. That it should have been because of its placement in the movie. I think it would have been far more effective if it had come during, uh, a scene that wasn't silent, didn't have this voiceover in it, wasn't all this cross-cutting, and just had been sort of a uh, the classic jump scare in the middle of a otherwise calm scene. I, I would have, I would have bought it much more. Well, and what like Laurie Strode wasn't traumatized enough to set up a finale. Like I don't know, whatever. Um, I think that's we've done a. A good job uh, murdering Halloween kills tonight, I think. Uh, we've really put a number on that movie. So are we going to talk about Halloween Ends next October? Because I know <sighs> I would love to. I'll be I, there. 
I'll be there. I don't. I'm. I've lost all excitement, but I will watch the movie. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I do yeah. not believe in this creative team in the slightest to stick any kind of landing that they yeah. might have in mind. I, it, I, I think really it's completely don't. unsalvageable after this one. I, I honestly am dreading it. I unless don't think they I'll, put Busta Rhymes in it, I'm fucking out. I don't think like, I'll watch another Halloween movie ever again after this, unless it's for the show. <laughs> fine by me. Yeah. Um, it is an interesting feeling. I've got to say because. I am very negative about this movie, but yeah. I still wanted to go see it again, and I'm excited for the next one. So I, I guess say, I, w- I am the monster. No, it's <laughs> it's really cool to me that I got to go to the movies and see like a new Halloween movie that I was excited about, like in yeah. theater. Like that's cool. <laughs> Might be the last time that'll ever Might happen. Now, <laughs> um, all I know is that if uh, Scream cannot break my heart like this. <laughs> I will yeah. die. Yeah. I will and, fucking die. <laughs> um and after this talk I'd say it I, I know you still want to watch like the original Halloween 2 Corey. Um uh but if you guys don't feel like watching any other Halloweens the only one I would suggest would be um Rob Zombie's iteration, particularly Halloween 2. I think yeah, that is the most really interesting like one. Yeah, people have hated it for so long, and now people have been coming around, though there's still people out there that put it right at the very bottom. But I think it is a much more effective and interesting um, examination of trauma. And a lot of it is what you said, Corey, where you said Halloween ends would be cool if Michael was just dead and it was just exploring how what the fallout for these characters is. Uh, Michael is in Halloween too, but a lot of it does just focus on the trauma of the previous night because Rob Zombie's original Halloween is mostly a remake of john carpenter's original and then halloween 2 is it's an entire new story that does deal with a lot of that trauma um i've never seen any rob zombie movies and and it's very yeah i think it's very cool i feel like i have i don't really know what i'm getting into by watching those but i do need to watch them for sure yeah and and it's my impression is that he's people seem to give me the impression that he's like kind of a fucked up dude (laughs) like maybe i don't know yeah no that's that's accurate yeah that's accurate am i gonna be like grossed out (laughs) yes yeah um yeah but if you guys are like totally turned off the halloween franchise it is just it's a good place to plug into because it is not connected to any of the story from you know the first eight movies um and it's a an entirely different filmmaker behind it. it it is sort of it's these movies but 10 years ago it's someone else's swing at bringing back the halloween movies but it's also not attached to the john carpenter's original which i think helps it as well and i also want to add if you want to see a uh, much more believable interesting depiction of mob mentality and how those things develop i would watch frank darabont's the mist from 2007 i think they could have taken some notes from that movie and put it in here cool yeah i think that settles that um i hope we've done enough to to get out of here <laughs> um did whoa, whoa, whoa. what was that you can stop now thank you i kept you separated and forced you to discuss movies new and old as a challenge a challenge of your friendship at a spooky time you have succeeded you have remained friends you have talked about the movies Everything is fine. Nothing bad will happen.
Okay. Um. Did we all? Did we all? Did we all just hear the same thing? Just, just give me a yes, yes or no kind of answer, quick. Yes. That is so. yes, yes, yes. It. The voice just said <laughs> that we we're we're good because we we came together and did a good podcast hmm. and we had to spend the month learning how to do that i guess you know <laughs> what i think what, the, what does that even mean <laughs> i think you know that like that's all well and good but what would be infinitely oh, wait, wait, more wait, just hang on one more. just hang you on you are remembering your love for your friends you do not know what you have until it is gone. I thought you would be grateful. That is not a satisfying answer. <laughs> oh my god. So we were uh, blackmailed and harassed out of doing our own show to discover the power of friendship. That's that's almost as unsatisfying as the ending of Halloween Kills. Almost. <laughs> almost. You know what I think we should do? What is that? Evil dies tonight. Yeah? Yep, with the voice. Let's get it, fellas. Come on. Get the pitchforks. It, it tore us apart. <sighs> Nothing will ever separate us ever again because we already knew that friendship was strong and our friendship was stronger than some stinking voice. Much like uh, how Michael Myers feeds off uh, like fear and murder and stuff, we, we at TMAO love friendship a lot. Mm-hmm. We don't so love voices. If we, if we combine our powers, ironically, we hate voices for being an audio-only uh, podcast. Um, evil dies tonight. Let's fucking get this guy. Let's get him. Evil dies tonight. 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 Yeah, take that evil. voice. <laughs> take that. No. How do you fucking Ouch. like it now? Why are you hitting and I'll me? Drop the I don't elbow. Even know give who me that. You are. Yikes! <laughs> Please stop. Don't make me get Ooh, the I'm gonna get what the huckleberry on this guy. Stop. <clears throat> you have really become the monster. Oh, well, it's so Oof. funny to hear the voice Ouch. resisting. Ow. Darn. Dang. Keep Zoinks. resisting, boys. Yow. Keep <laughs> flying Ow. headbutt. Mm. I think you have the wrong guy. Okay, okay, Ow. okay, 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 okay. What? I, I, dude, I, mean, I was just about to drop the swanton bomb. You know, we were just about to lose our collective humanity and find out that we are the monsters for killing the voice. Yeah, we can't we can't lose our collective humanity and become the monster for killing the voice because we have to do another podcast next week. Yeah, so we better get out of here before we regret the decision. All right. Yeah, also, right, right, right. We got to ride this high <laughs> for a while. Did that voice sound a bit different to you guys? Do you think we got the right guy? I'm sure it was fine. Yeah, well, no, I don't know. The voice if, if, is definitely don't, don't worry, don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't the voice is definitely not going to walk away and be back in another episode like some other like antagonists that we uh mythical villains. You know. Yeah. Regardless, it, weirdly, it, it, it felt good to be weirdly apparently not the spooktober man. That was honestly the reveal I was waiting for. I'm glad it wasn't. I, I wouldn't know. We've done to. enough of dealing with that no, fucking guy. Well, if it turned out that I had actually killed the spooktober man we re- remove the mask and that's who i decapitated i would be pretty bummed decapitate yeah. when did you do that the flying head butt right yeah it was pretty oh you were point. butting their head off hmm. right yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no i'm not i'm not gonna jump off and do the flying head but i've heard that that leads to long-term uh difficulties okay well before we regret that decision mitch do you have anything you want to plug are you just gonna you just gonna split evil dies tonight
Sounds like he's getting in a few more hits on the <laughs> voice. <laughs> Without yeah, us? You can never be too careful. Um, we, we learned that in this movie. <laughs> uh, Liam, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, you guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox at Mr. Corey Price, and you can listen to the other show I do about various Mortal Kombat ephemera with our friend Neil at MK Podquest. That's P O D Q U E S T on the internet. And with all that out of the way, thank you all once again for listening to this episode. They made another one where we rediscovered the power of friendship, uh, killed a disembodied voice, and uh, decided that evil dies tonight. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at TMAOPodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and whatever else you want. You know, whatever. We're feeling a little loose. Um, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And uh, with all that out of the way, we'll catch you for something a little bit less spooky. We're going to go figure out what that is. And they've been another one. Yeah.